0: So welcome everybody to the fifth RedefCast, the podcast of RedefCo. Uh, today we're going to speak about Hamburg, the redevelopment in uh, Hamburg on the Münkenberger Strasse, which is, uh, for those who know the city, uh, a big retail uh, street, m- probably one of the most important ones in Hamburg. Um, My name is Priscilla, Um, I'm uh, responsible for corporate communications within Redefco. And um, discussing this beautiful project with me will be Steven in London and Nicolas calling out of Dusseldorf. Nicolas is um, also uh, working for Redefco as a project manager and responsible for this project. And then we have Stephen, the architect um, f- from Sergis and, and Bates. Um, they were selected to uh, to do this um, project for us. Welcome both.
1: Thank you. Hi. Hello. Um,
0: shall we start by introducing uh, you uh, a little bit more than I already did? Stephen, maybe you can yeah. start.
1: Sure. Uh, so my name is Stephen Bates. I'm a partner of Sergis and Bates Architects. We are uh, based in London but we have an office in Zurich and also in Brussels and we made this project in Munkenberger in collaboration with another office, uh, Rethmeier Schleich, architect mm. from Cologne and we're working sort of as one um, knowing the office very very well over many years. We're working as sort of a single studio to make this incredible project.
0: Okay good. Nicholas. Maybe yes, you can uh, uh, you can help us pronounce the street better than we have done so far.
2: No, you've doing a great job, uh, but uh, yeah, my my name is Nicholas Bosnich. Um, as you already said, I'm project manager for Redefco, um, based in Düsseldorf, and uh, I'm responsible for our project at the Mönckebergstraße in in Hamburg. And um, yeah, uh, thanks for the invitation here to the podcast.
0: Yeah, Nicholas, this is a really a great opportunity, right, to work on such a project. Um, since when did you start uh, on this project or when did you get involved?
2: Actually, um, I started this, this uh, project started in 2019 and I started and joined the team end of 2019. So, yeah, it's uh, been yeah, nearly a few years now.
0: Wow. And you were also uh, part of the selection process, right?
2: Yes, that's true. Um, we've organized the whole competition and uh, set up the team and um, were well, uh, responsible for the whole development.
0: Okay, and how did it proce- this process uh, go about? How, how did you select uh, this beautiful architect?
2: Um, as you already mentioned, this, this asset is in the very heart of uh, Hamburg at the Mönkebergstraße and it has a great importance to the city, and um, this is why the municipality uh, asked us to carry out the architectural competition. And um, this competition um, was joined by 10 renowned architects such as Steven. And, uh, yeah, well, the, the, the competition started in uh, September 2020. And um, this was in the middle of the uh, COVID crisis, as you know. So we were uh, facing a lot of uh, challenges, uh, travel lockdowns, uh, travel restrictions, lockdowns. And um, it took us nine months. um, But in the end, we were all really happy with the outcome. Uh, Steven and his team handed in a, a concept that got 10 out of 10 votes from the jury. So it was really good.
0: Oh wow, that's that. that's really <laughs> convincing, Stephen.
2: That's good. That's the first time I've heard that. Um, <laughs>
1: so I'm delighted. And as you say, Nicholas, it was an extraordinary situation, wasn't it? Because uh, we had never run a competition procedure uh, in such a way because of COVID. And I remember longing for the moment that we would actually meet you, because um, I think we we were awarded the winning position and we still hadn't met in person. So it's a very unique, strange situation. But, uh, it was have of you course-
0: met in the meantime?
1: <laughs> of yes,
2: several times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we,
1: we we looked for the next possible opportunity to, to meet together and have, to eat together and to talk about the project. And, you know, and it starts what is an essential collaboration. You know, uh, it's a lot of hard work and we need to be together you know in every way um yeah. through the process and it's been yeah a, i can it's imagine been so far a really uh, excellent collaboration i would say
0: uh, good good to hear and this uh collaboration came about through a uh this selection process of nine months which is you know like having a baby right <laughs> so um after those nine months um how did you uh, go about collaborating how did you come to this point in time when you just submitted the plans to the city council? Well,
1: you know, just by the way, when you mentioned having a baby, I mean, you know, it was nine months in preparing for the baby, oh. but of course, then the baby arrives. Uh, exactly. it's just the competition. And then the whole new world starts. But, um, well, Nicholas, are you, do, you, do you want to answer that? <laughs> or should I answer it?
2: Uh, Well, basically, after the the competition ended, uh, we had this great concept and um, our focus already in the competition was uh, mainly on the uh, efficiency of the layout and how our Mission uh, 2040 requirements were incorporated in the designs. Um, But uh, in nine months' time, um, you don't um, complete a design phase. So the whole planning phase uh, restarted after this competition. So it took um up, uh, up until last Friday uh, to to yeah finalize the design phase and uh, submit the um, uh, building applications.
0: Yeah, and yeah. how does how does that go? Because you told me s- something about printing copies.
2: Yeah, it's uh, the team was quite busy uh, last week because in district of Hamburg- Mitte, it's still necessary to hand in uh, um, uh, printed out copies of the uh, building application. And uh, due to the due to the, the uh, yeah uh, complex uh, project here, it added up to to more than five hundred plans that had to be printed out and handed in.
0: Wow, five hundred plans, so uh, Stephen. A do, you, do you do yeah, yeah, a lot of paper, and that's in in relation to something that has to be climate neutral in time, right? Exactly. <laughs> and
1: I, I was sent a photograph of the files that were being sent to the city. You know, it's just a. A room full of boxes of drawings, but I mean, this does happen. You know, still that people that different municipalities require drawings signed. You know, so it's not uncommon. It's really not. It's it's really not uncommon. But you know, there is a bit of a drift towards the digital submission. Hmm, That's good to hear. But I must say, I know it's not environmentally friendly, but there is something very special about signing each drawing somehow um i mean in the old days we used to draw by hand and Mm -hmm. the effort and energy that goes into a drawing was manifest in the drawing itself and now it's all digital you kind of that's a bit lost so the idea of signing it is at least some recompense you know that it's a a sign of that energy and production that's gone in um, and it
0: also suits the um, the building itself, right? The, and the, the very project of restoring this place to uh, connect it to former times and making sure yeah. that it really fits the whole um, surroundings and the city of Hamburg, right? Can you exactly. tell me a bit more yeah.
1: about it? I mean, I think that's what, of course, makes it unique. And some people use the word innovative. I suppose mm-hmm. I would say innovation is, is perhaps... Uh, at the eye of the beholder. Um, mm. You know, I, I never refer to our work as particularly innovative, even though other people might do. But I think more about place and about the sort of uniqueness of every project. And here we had the most special place. I mean, I have, I have, as an architect, I must say it's a, a real privilege to work in this great harbour city of Hamburg, a city that has this great Hanseatic tradition. Um, which is about trade, you know, and about yep. a worldwide view. It's a special situation that I can sense also in Antwerp or in Copenhagen, other great, and even in London, of course. And there is this connection to, between Hamburg and London through the Hanseatic League. And I mm. read recently, do you know, that that relationship was established in 1266. It's amazing how long ago that... Yeah. Um, anyway, but, but the, the, the place... Uh, the Mon- Strasse forms part of this um, central part of the city that was transformed in the 1920s by the great uh, Fritz Schumacher who was the mm-hmm. city planner at the time who was interested in making the big city street and he brought together extraordinary architects of the time local architects, people like Fritz Huger, the Gerson brothers, Franz Bach Carl Benson, many names that within the architectural world are really renowned for a kind of brick expressionist architecture. Um, and our site is uh, surrounded by these magnificent buildings. And with that comes a great responsibility, You know, to find an answer for a new building in such a place that has such tradition um, and meaning in the end for the, both, yeah. you know, the local culture, and indeed the universal culture of yeah, and I, I saw you know. some
0: uh, drawings or renders and it looks amazing. Um, I recognize what you say about the uh, the brick um, mm. fabric of it. Yeah. It, it, the look and feel um, of the, well, hopefully of what it will become. Well, Can you say the, a few, yeah. few words also to the um, functionality and the, you know, sure. with that, um, so you talked about the, the past Um, But also the future, how does it need, you know, how do you future-proof something?
1: Well, it's a building of 20,000 square meters and our (coughs) joint intention was always to make a kind of robust, energy-efficient, adaptable building that Mm. could, in the first instance, accommodate a flagship department store on the lower levels and then a short-stay and a long-stay hotel on the upper floors. Together with a communal top floor that overlooks the city, and it really follows this idea of the contour house model, which is a Mm -hmm. sort of hardworking, economically driven, technically um, uh, adaptable building, which is um, with with a strong kind of envelope, you know, an an envelope facade that really fits the city. Um, but in the end, the building will live a long life and well beyond its initial uses that uh, of course are the focus of our work at the moment.
0: Yeah, and uh, talking about uses, um, maybe Nicolas, you can say a few words to what this building will um, accommodate or how how do we see it in the future? What type of tenants?
2: Um, yes, as Redefco, we um, don't just look at the requirements of the first mix of tenants but what will happen uh, when for the future generations of tenants and um, uh, this is why we uh, already incorporated uh, in the competition brief that the layouts and the facade should be um, flexible in a way uh, in order to 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 uh, accommodate other uses like office uh, if the market changed because when we uh, carry out the feasibility studies um, we um, uh, end up with a mix of uses and mix of tenants that reflects the current market and this might change and it would be a shame to tear down a building if the market uh, uh, changes and you can't uh, re relet the the spaces
0: yeah so in itself the the fact that you're building it in a way that it's um, accommodating flexible use um, is also uh, in our view, uh, what contributes to sustainability of, uh, of the building, right? Yeah,
2: Absolutely. it always comes with a yeah. price. But um, mm-hmm. uh, in, in this case, uh, Stephen, um, you managed to, to implement this flexibility by going for a higher ceiling height, uh, exactly, which would yeah. not be necessary for hotel use, but mm-hmm. for office use. Huh?
1: And in the competition stage, we showed layouts that demonstrated that the the building and the structure of the building could be adapted for different uses. So both a hotel and a workplace office uh, arrangement. So that, of course, could continue to become a residential building if necessary. But as you say, Nicholas, the the essential character, which is about column spacing and ceiling heights, day, and the amount of daylight, these These things are the essential DNA of the project that uh, are really nothing to do with a specific use, but give a broad, a broad use for the future.
0: Yeah, that's that sounds. Sorry, Nicholas, you wanted to say to add something. Um, No. Oh, oh, I thought you (laughs) were speaking. Um, Anyway, um, that sounds really um, amazing. Uh, What about the construction? How do we construct these Mm. high ceilings and?
2: Yeah,
1: I mean, the it's a city building and it's a big building and it's never a one line answer to that. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a complex conglomerate of different constructions. Actually, so it has, let's say, a table structure of the low levels, which is uh, constructed in low carbon concrete to give a base and to give mm-hmm. like big spans of seventeen meters or so between columns, which is nicely suited to commercial use for example Um, and then on top of that there's a steel and timber hybrid structure that forms the sort of body of the building um, that has smaller spans and can work with you know hotels office space living Mm -hmm. that kind of thing and of course uh, allows us to really exploit the potential in sustainable materials such as timber panels for the ceilings and in some cases, recycled steel for the steelwork. Um, so it's a sort of hybrid of things yep. that I think is in the in the end a kind of realistic future for sustainable construction. I mean, I was sort of quite shocked, to be honest, at the time when we were exploring what structures we could use hmm. to understand that... Um, there is no assessment framework within the city of Hamburg for complete timber frame construction. Mm, yeah, You know how everyone thinks, oh, timber is the way to build. But, you know, cities and codes take longer to to uh, adapt and, and, and come up with different measure, new measures for yep. different constructions. Yep. So this was the sort of, let's say, the best we could do in terms of the amount of timber timber uh, construction we could build in such a yep. city centre site.
0: Yeah, I think, Stephen, you touch upon a point that uh, that many of our teams uh, come across, which is that, you know, there is an ambition to f- uh, build in wood, but that uh, the, the municipalities uh, are not that far advanced in terms of um, how to cope with uh, building application that can, you know, consist of w- wood buildings. Um, yeah. And I think there's a, an educational... uh uh, yeah. task for us here. Um, and the best way is to show that it can be done in a safe safe way. Yeah. So um, I'm really happy to hear that uh, at least we've submitted this in our plans. Uh, let's uh, talk, uh, let's you, uh, wait for the outcome.
1: But you know, just to say, because this is not normal, um, mm. but Redevco have this specific um, policy of a sustainability budget. That they apply to a project, and that was certainly a big attraction for us because we wanted to we wanted to build in an environmentally uh, efficient way. And yep. right now, in the market, you know, it's it's generally more expensive to build in a, such a responsible way because of the way that the the system or the industry is set up. Yep. And I think what was incredibly encouraging was that. Um, incentive from Redevco itself to uh, allow for a little bit of extra budget that could be specifically aligned towards the sustainability credentials of the project.
0: Yeah, I think this is uh, completely in line with our mission 2040, wanting to uh, create a net zero carbon portfolio by 2040. Um, So we touched upon um, the climate neutral perspective of the building, uh, and our aim to make it climate-neutral, we touched upon the, the use of the building. Um, to make that last point more specific, can we say something about the actual tenants, uh, Nicholas?
2: Uh, yes, yeah, sure. We're in a really fortunate situation that we uh, have already pre-led 60% of the assets uh, to um, SV Group. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are a Swiss hotel operator that, uh, uh, as even you just mentioned it, uh, are going to operate a, a long stay and a, and a short stay hotel in this asset. Um, and um, these are going to be two different brands as well. So the long stay concept is going to be a, a stay cook. It's uh, the own brand of uh, SV Group. And uh, their target group are people that stay in Hamburg for yeah, at least two weeks or more.
1: Hmm, okay. and
2: uh, the broom concept is, is uh, well they even have a kitchen so it's really uh, um, a good accommodation for people that uh, maybe work uh, and, and uh, live there for a certain period of time and then uh, we have the Hyatt centric which is um, a very um, individualized concept. Um, they have a target group of uh, people that um, come to Hamburg and, and uh, explore the city and stay there for yeah uh, um, two or three nights. And um, it's going to be one of the first height centrics in, in Germany as well.
0: Mm. Ah, cool. Um, so when can I stay there, Nicholas? <laughs>
2: um, <laughs>
0: How long does this project take?
2: Yeah, we just started uh, to demolish the current CNA building. And, Dismant- um, dismantle,
1: let's say. Dis- dismantle, yeah. yes. That's, because uh, that's... we are intending to use some aspects of the existing building exactly all the, yeah. the pit that the building sits in and also some steel work that we can reuse at least within the construction process
2: yeah that's that's a good point that you mentioned uh it's it's not just a bit it's 150 tons of steel that we want to reuse it's um mm. quite, quite quite a, a lot, lot. Uh, yeah yeah and um Uh, well the the project is going to be uh, completed uh, end of 2025 so uh, beginning of 2026 you can uh, stay in one of yeah that's that's
0: good yeah well time flies you know so (laughs) a little bit of patience but then uh, then we'll definitely come and uh, visit this uh, new uh, hotel in hamburg (laughs) so listen guys it was all very interesting to hear about the hamburg uh, redevelopment and um, don't know if you want to mention anything uh, about that redevelopment before I come to my last question which is more personal uh, about what is your favorite building but maybe I just, I, I'd add, like just yeah, yeah.
1: Just like, I'd like just to add some something else about the sustainability of the project because you know we've talked about construction and we've talked about the, the bigger concepts mm-hmm. of making a robust building that can be reused. But connected with that is this concept of cradle to cradle. Um, It's referred to often as C2C. And here in the project, again, with Rodevco's support, we're working with specialists in C2C so that at every step of the way, both either in planning and strategy, but also in detailing and specification, we are understanding that there is a there's a, a circularity to everything that we make and build mm-hmm. so there's a sort of life cycle approach and there's this sort of mantra that we follow which is screwed instead of glued and <laughs> yeah. anodized or raw instead of coated and it's a I I it's just a really exciting Attitude, because it's Mm -hmm. so different to where, say, you know, most the part the past of architecture has been to 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 think very differently in the way that you assemble a building together. Sort of, how do you take it apart? How could you recycle something and move it somewhere else? Or how could you design something that can stay there? For example, the facade is designed with a kind of two hundred year life cycle, because it's to be there, you know, in that city forever. For it has such a, a long time, to the city, yeah. But there are yeah. other other layers of the building that can change, and to me, that's a, another incredibly important factor in this project, in in relation to its uh, sort of let's say credentials within yeah. the environmental debate.
0: Absolutely, Nicholas. Anything to add from your side?
2: No, I just. Um, agree this this, uh, uniqueness of this project of combining all of the requirements of the different uses and our sustainability requirements and and giving it a a, a facade that uh, really is embedded in this uh, historic uh, Mönkebergstraße and uh, adding another face to this um, historic surrounding. So we're really looking forward to uh, putting it into reality.
0: Yeah, and we look forward to uh, seeing it in reality and visiting it. Um, thank you uh, for, for my last question before I forget. Um, so I ask you up, up front, what is your favorite building? <laughs> Just to get a taste of your
1: own. You know, that kind of question, it's like a question you get asked at a dinner party. Um, this or- is, This
0: feels like a dinner party, although yeah. the timing or- is
1: off, but... Or what sort of architecture do you make if you're an architect? <laughs> Almost impossible to answer these kinds of questions. But if you're asking me, I would, um, I guess I would link that, the answer, because of course there are lots of amazing buildings that I like, but I'd link it to this notion of circularity, this mm. idea of making a building for an unknown future. And the project that comes to my mind is the great mosque of, uh, and cathedral at Cordoba. A building, oh, that, yeah, yeah. a building that started in 785 AD and was still being modified through to the 13th century. But the thing that I just find amazing about the project is that um, if if you know it, and I think mm. we maybe gave you some pictures so pictures, that the yes. audience can see, but it's a low single-storey column structure. Mm-hmm. And in fact, there are 856 columns. They have... Uh, rather beautiful capping and, a, and an arch but all the columns are recycled but they came from local Rome de- Roman developments at the time uh, at the beginning of the of uh, the century and the, you know, the first century yep. um, it's perfectly imperfect it's it seems to be uh, a repetitive structure but in fact the more you look the more you realize that it's not and it has It's a building of multiple lives. It's absorbed a cathedral that's been placed smack in the middle of the mosque when Cordoba was invaded by the Christians. And yet they live side by side, constructed of found pieces, modified again and again. It just has an enduring presence. And it's that that I think is just so inspiring and so relevant kind of now in the way that we need to think about buildings.
0: So if we haven't visited it, we should, <laughs> definitely. right?
1: <laughs> definitely, uh, definitely
0: on the worth list. To visit. Yeah, absolutely. Nicholas,
2: uh, it's really hard to compete with this answer. <laughs> 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 uh, but uh, for me, uh, uh, it's Mies van der Rohe. I, I really like his architecture, and yeah. uh, well, one of his iconic um, buildings is the new National Gallery in, in Berlin. So this, ah, yeah, my choice, yeah. <laughs> I think there's some
0: similarities
1: uh, similarities, between those two buildings
0: exactly and I I see uh, a study tour coming up so uh, (laughs) we need to uh, visit both buildings probably more to uh, be inspired and listen I want to thank you for your um, yeah for this conversation um, about yeah one of the most incredible projects i think in in Redefco's, um portfolio uh, we have more to come but i guess this is one of the um yeah example projects especially also in our in our um, quest of uh, wanting to um, make our portfolio as sustainable as possible um, well i think mm-hmm. in the future we will uh, hear more uh, from you uh, from both of you um, keep us updated and uh, for now thank you very much for uh, for your um Uh, explanation.
1: Pleasure. Thank you. Thank you very much.
0: All right. Speak to you soon. Okay. Bye. Bye. So this was Redefco's fifth podcast. Um, We hope you enjoyed it and um, we hope you will uh, sign up for the, uh, the next one. Thank you for now.